Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. And it looks like it's going to be Mo. Greatness coming into the Yankee game for the final time here in the Bronx. Number 42, Mariano Rivera. Well, actually, the was it the Touch Em All crew you guys had on uh, Dustin Morris Day? Yes, we did. And he told the story about Mariano Rivera getting the broken bat rocking chair from the Twins. That was the coolest thing that he got in that farewell tour. I, I I distinctly remembered that 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 throne. I did. I forgot that it was the twins that gave it to him until Derek reminded me of it today, right before we started. Touch them all, but of all, because every stadium that he went to, somebody had some sort of gift for Mariano Rivera. Sure, that was the one that stood out to me. The only one I still remember from from that whole tour. Yeah. So you can find that story if you missed Touch Them All earlier today. You can. Find uh, all of our stuff, but including Touch Them All on scorenorth.com, S K O R North.com. And you can subscribe to all of our team centric shows and podcasts. Either, either just you can find them on the website, like I said, or you can go to uh, your favorite podcast app, whether it's Apple or anywhere else. Just search Score North, S K O R North. You can find our Viking shows, our twin shows, our wolf shows. I have a hashtag take for you guys. Want your thoughts on it. All right. All right. So yesterday, I was displeased with Mike Mussina getting into the Hall of Fame before Kurt Schilling. It's not that I don't think Mike Mussina is a Hall of Famer, because I think I would have voted for Mike Mussina if I had an official vote. Mike Mussina had longevity. He was regarded as one of the best pitchers of his era. He was never the best pitcher of his era, but the longevity combined with him being a top five pitcher of his era, somewhere in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Tough to get too offended by Mike Mussina being a Hall of Famer. I thought he was borderline. Yeah, that's fair. Like, he never led the league in ERA, never led the league in strikeouts, never had a signing award. So even, like, those things... You're making me think he wasn't even borderline now. Maybe that's the case. Because here's my example of how the system is flawed when, when it comes to looking at these these players that are on the ballot and, and we look at counting stats only, really, first. Like, did you rack up this many wins for pitchers, this many strikeouts, and then maybe we get to some of the other numbers in postseason... I personally look at peak dominance first. Are, are, were you at your peak the most dominant or one of the most dominant first and foremost, and then maybe longevity is second. Johan Santana, who's off the ballot because he didn't get enough votes last year, off the ballot. He didn't even get 5% of the votes because his career was cut off at age 31 and 
We made the Sandy Koufax comparison when that happened last year. But would you rather have a guy in the Hall of Fame who has two Cy Young Awards versus zero, led the league in strikeouts three times versus zero, led the league in ERA three times versus zero, and had one year where he led the league in wins, if that if that matters for you, which Musina did too. Um, over, but so a peak stretch of like seven years or nine years of dominance versus fifteen or twenty years of being really, really good. Philosophically, I think Johan Santana is more of a Hall of Famer than Mike Messina. That's my, that's my grand point. So if Santana had had won a World Series and or pitched his entire career or or the majority of his career with the Mets, it's a different story, right? Mike Messina never won a World Series either. But he pitched for Baltimore and then the Yankees, and and do not undersell for one second the Yankees factor there. Sure, that's my point. Is the Santana thing that the more we've discussed it and we've discussed it on and off now for a year makes no sense. Like for him to drop off the ballot that quickly makes no sense. Yeah, I could see him not making it on the first ballot, even though I think the whole first ballot, second ballot thing is kind of ridiculous. If you think a guy's a Hall of Famer, just vote him into the Hall of Fame, but. Yeah. The system and the history of, of Hall of Fame voting being what it is, I would get Johan Santana not getting in on his first ballot. But for him to not even get enough votes to stay on it beyond last year, that's crazy. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah, but where do you guys stand? Just because this is actually now that we have Mike Mussina in and Johan Santana will never, unless a, unless a veterans committee decides otherwise, he's not going to he's not going to get in. And they might. Where do you guys stand on that? I mean, Mike Messina had 18 years of big league time, and Johan had 12, but really it was like 10 because the first year was he came up for, well, he was a reliever for a couple years, and then he was mostly injured with the Mets. But when it comes down to this guy's career was half as long, and he doesn't have the counting stats, he doesn't have the longevity, he didn't didn't pitch across 20 years, but he was peak dominant, and he was regarded as the best pitcher for three or four years. Like I that that should mean more than it does in this process, but, but apparently it doesn't. But Colfax was too. Now that the difference with with Colfax was he won World Series, but if you look at at his career, it's cut way short. And I guess my question becomes: What does qualify? Like, what makes you not dominant for long enough? Or what you know? If you're not, do you have to have championships? And if you don't have those. You're not going in. I, this is going to come up with Joe. The Maurer conversation will be very similar. Now, he'll. I, I think he's going to get in, and he's definitely not going to drop off the ballot. But if you look at Maurer's career, the conversation to me is very, very simple. The peak dominance that Phil talks about as a catcher is Hall of Fame stuff. Like, There's no question about it. If Joe Maurer had suffered concussions and walked away from baseball, he goes in. But people are going to then bring up the statistics as a first baseman and the lack of power at first base and and ding him for that. So it's going to be an interesting conversation. But in my mind, there is no question, the more you look at what Joe Maurer did as a catcher, he is a Hall of Famer who should go in very quickly. He won three batting titles as a catcher in a league where nobody else at catcher has won, I don't believe, a batting title. Yeah, I think Joe Maurer... Should be in and and will get in, if not on the first ballot, pretty quickly. I don't think he'll get the Johan Santana treatment. But to your question, Phil, of that peak dominance, and and even if it is for a short window, how much value does that carry, or should it carry for Hall of Fame voters? I think, first of all, 
there has to be a bare minimum to to even be considered as far as how long your career was. Like, if you're going to win a batting title, you need a certain amount of plate appearances Mm -hmm. to win a batting title. So I think, and I don't know exactly what it is, this is all sort of arbitrary, but there, there has to be some sort of cutoff for how long you lasted in the league. Let's make that four years, five years, whatever it is. After that, I think it becomes sort of a sliding scale of, how how short was your career versus just how dominant were you and and I, I don't I don't know that Johan Santana was around quite long enough to to get into the Hall of Fame as dominant as anybody for those years that he was at at the top of his game but I I don't know if he was around long enough to necessarily get get to the Hall of Fame or put together Hall of Fame resume. Well, then let me give you two two other examples here. So just like just kind of a kind of an apples to apples Somewhat, I know we. I don't think anyone in this room thinks Harold Baines. Did, did you think Harold Baines deserved to be a Hall of Famer? I thought. He, uh, I, I'm I was, out on Harold Baines as a Hall of Famer. I think I can see why you'd say that. Okay, I can definitely see why you'd say that. But let's okay. Well, let's use Harold Baines versus this other player. I'm going to bring up. I don't want to ride the fence, but that's one of those where I looked at both sides of the argument and I was like, you both have some strong points. Harold Baines never led the league in home runs, never led the league in batting average, RBIs, runs scored, but he played for 22 years. And so he he amassed he amassed 1600 RBIs and 1300 runs and just shy of 400 home runs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. If Mike Trout's career ended due to some catastrophic incident tomorrow, Mike Trout would have put in 8 years in the major leagues. Two MVPs, a Rookie of the Year. You could argue that he probably should have more than two MVPs. He's finished top five in the MVP voting every year he's been in the big leagues, except for his 19-year-old rookie year. Um, He's led the league in OBP three times, runs four times, and RBIs once. He also hits 35 home runs every year and has stolen almost 200 bases. But overall counting numbers are well shy of Harold Baines because he hasn't played 22 years, right? Right. To me, Mike Trout, if he never played another game in Major League Baseball, it's Mike Trout is more of a Hall of Famer than Harold Baines. I is. would agree. Oh, absolutely. And that's kind of similar to Johan Santana in that like he's peak dominant over this eight year stretch and then it's sort of done. But Mike Trout, I think, would get in if you had the vote today. I don't know. If you had the vote in five years, I don't know. Maybe maybe people would think differently. But I don't know about that. But he the thing about this to me is I would rather leave people out. It frustrates me that if you play for a long time, that that's, that somehow begins to qualify you. Hall of Fame is supposed to be for the best of the, the best. And because your health holds up or you, you can play for a long time, that's great, well and good. But that doesn't qualify for me. Unless it's Harold unless Baines, it's your identity. Like Jamie Moyer pitched till he was 49. Oh, I would actually consider that I for Hall not. of Fame candidacy. No, no, That's no, amazing. He, yeah, it's amazing, but it's and and you can acknowledge that, but he does not deserve a plaque. He deserves yeah, I'm with He deserves uh you played for a long time and we got a wing of really old guys that played baseball. I'm sure. fine with that. But Harold Baines who who I watched play for his entire career, was a really really nice player <laughs> and he was a very productive at times player. He in no way, shape, or form, though, qualifies to me as as one of the elite of the elite Hall of Fame type players. And so, Mucina was really, really good. Is he a Hall of Fame pitcher? I don't know about that. It's borderline. So, I would much prefer that those guys get left out than we, and this seems to be the goal of these uh, committees that have come along to, seem to be to, let's put them in. Let's put, you know what, let's put them in. 
No, let's yeah. not. And every time you let's put, err on the side of not putting them in. Every time you put someone in, you lower the bar and make it more acceptable for someone else to get in that shouldn't get in. Now yeah, that Harold Baines is in, yep, exactly. Harold Baines has sort of not it's not his fault, but he sort of cheapened the Hall of Fame. Yeah, was Harold Baines an All Star consistently for any stretch of his career? Well, let me get that for you. I got. I want to say the answer reference. is yes, but I don't know for sure. So, yeah, check it out. I mean, if, if you have a 22-year career and five to seven years of, of it, it, right in the meat of your career, you spent making All-Star games regularly? He made six of them. I, that and, and actually, Hall there, of Fame, though? There was a long stretch where he didn't. He had a, a nine-year gap between 91, and then he made one as a 40-year-old in 1999. I see what... It's <laughs> not suspicious at all. <laughs> no, no, not, not at all. I see what you're saying about longevity on its own, not, yeah. not, not, not being enough to warrant you getting into the Hall of Fame, but I do think that you have to give some weight to longevity, and then you add in that he... Sure, if you're one of the best of the best, but Baines was a very good... Six All-Star games in the middle of a 22-year productive career. 22 years, and then you went back at 40, and if I'm a cynic, I'm going to look at that and be like, you went back to an All-Star game at 40, dude? Right, yeah. And then I'm going to defer to what you said yesterday, which is if you went to an All-Star game at 40, I think you might be guilty of having done something. (laughs) Reckless. Reckless (laughs) accusations. (laughs) Allegedly, allegedly, yes. allegedly. But that is another. If the Baines camp is listening. That is another uh, fun factor that we just, uh, you know, we just assume. There's so many guys that get in that we just assume. Ken Griffey Jr. Oh, there's no way Ken Griffey Jr. I don't know. This kind of goes back to our conversation from yesterday. Derek Jeter is going to get into the Hall of Fame. Is when's he on the ballot? In a year? Next, two years? Next year, I believe, is his first year on next the ballot. Year. So Derek Jeter is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Unanimous. And doesn't look one. like a PED user, and I'm not accusing him of anything, but Ryan Braun didn't look like he was on HGH. Did he? No. He's not bulked and up. And it's not steroids, right? It's to, it's to recover quickly. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of guys that could have used a lot of different things yeah. that wouldn't bulk so you let's up. let's punish the ones who we catch, like we do with everything else that's against the rules or against the law. You get caught doing it, you pay the penalty. Yeah, I, 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 we're never going to agree on this. All I'm saying is, I guess all I'm saying is on the, the big picture conversation here is we have really, we have moving goalposts for what we consider Hall of Fame and not. And when we decide to clamp down on somebody and when we don't. And David Ortiz, yes or no? Yeah. Uh, on the, on the original report, name leaked out, wasn't supposed to. But we know. Do we know? His name, why would his he name did, leak out if he wasn't on? No, he, I'm just yeah, but I'm just saying that, that this is how this is how in depth this gets because there was an initial there was an initial round of testing. They weren't supposed to reveal the names like the New York Times or somebody got Ortiz's name. Yeah, but it was never officially confirmed. So do we know or do we not know? We or do also we, think? we also weren't supposed to know Ryan Braun won his appeal of that that first failed PED test, but we know that, so we go with the knowledge that we have. At hand, we don't. We can't just yeah. dismiss it. We're not a jury where the judge just goes, "Please dismiss that last statement by the witness." No, we know. We saw David Ortiz's name on that list. We know he failed a PED test. Yeah, and Ortiz is easy for me. He's a Hall of Famer, whether he did steroids or not, because he's the greatest designated hitter to ever lace up cleats, and he played in an era that was mostly tainted. And I I mean, like, you and I just totally disagree. I would on like his speech the after the Boston bombing to be on a loop somewhere in the Hall of Fame. But him, no. <laughs> but you out. know what? The Twins didn't need him. 
Rami. The Twins didn't need him. No, why would you need Neither did the Brewers. He was in the Brewers minor league system for a minute. Oh, really? Yeah. David Arias? At the time? I don't know. Switched his last name, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. How about that? Yes. I did not know well, The that. more you know, Rami. The more you know. I did not know that. Just trying to help you out. Just trying to help you out. walking NBC ad. Like Mike Giancarlo Stanton, or whatever he was going by at the time. Well, it was Mike. Yeah, he was Mike Stanton, right? Yeah. I don't know where he got Mike from, from Giancarlo. <laughs> I don't know either. It's amazing, though. <laughs> and why would you be Mike when you can be Giancarlo? Giancarlo sounds so good. Well, he figured that out eventually. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm Larry. It's Mackie. And I'm Larry Stanton. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. Thank you, Jonathan Harrison. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami from the TCL Broadcast Studios on the all-new Score North on 1500. That's S-K-O-R North, and you can find us anywhere and everywhere on your phone, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. We have all kinds of live streaming stuff uh, throughout the day, Purple Daily. And also the website, scorenorth.com, where you can read, you can listen, you can watch, you can check out all of our stuff. And uh, subscribe anywhere you would find podcasts, too. If you just type in Score North in the search bar, S-K-O-R North, you'll find a full list of all of our podcast feeds, including all of our team-centric shows streamlined into uh, into one feed for each that you can subscribe to. So for Purple Daily and Purple Podcast and Vikings Ventline, you just have to subscribe to the Score North Vikings feed. For Myron on Hoops and Raised by Wolves, you can just subscribe to the Score North Wolves feed and uh, and so on. We asked Rami Judd. He's new to the market, new to our show. It's been super fun having him on board. You can hear him on some of these other shows like Touch Em All and Raised by Wolves and Purple Daily. But we said, give us a list of things that we should either steer clear of or engage fully into depending on the mood. <laughs> you asked me actually on the show on Friday, is that are there any topics or debates that really push your buttons. And at the moment, I could only come up with like three. And then I got home and my girlfriend was like, why'd you lie? Like there's a there's at least a dozen things that set you yeah. off just with a mere mention. So I sat down and made a list. And steer clear was never the goal. No. Well, there's no, like 15 of them on this that. list here. <laughs> Let's start them. Let's go. Well, we've already talked about a couple of these. Notre Dame football. Yeah. Just the notion that it's good for college football when Notre Dame is good. It's excellent so. for college football. Yeah, and here amazing. comes Mackie. Okay. Okay. Right. All yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the NCAA and the myth of college sports. Yeah, just that they're they're in it for the kids, that they're turning young boys into men, and it's about the development of... Well, of, they are at Louisville. Of, of college. <laughs> <laughs> that dormitory was named for a very special person. Just the whole notion that it's for the greater good, and that it's, it's not some money-making enterprise, the NCAA. NCAA. They're just there for the greater good and 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 for for education and the betterment of the young people of America, which is all a lie. It's all a lie. They'll cover up rape. They'll cover up murder. They'll cover up child molestation if it means they can win more games and make more money. But if you want to, if you want to transfer, you must sit you, out a year. You better do it right, yeah. Mister. Yeah. Uh, Cardinals and Cardinals fans. Yeah, we've kind of gotten into that. <laughs> just the notion that they've they've written the unwritten rules of baseball. They are the gatekeepers of everything that is right and wrong. In baseball, and if you do anything to cross Yadi or Molina, you should be put to death. And they hate you, so yeah, for goes, sure. That goes both ways for sure. Time. But my hate for them is warranted. That's the difference. <laughs> uh, the, the next two sort of blend into the same category: unwritten rules of baseball and beanball wars slash fighting in baseball. Yeah, it's all just stupid. The whole.
whole thing. You can't celebrate a home run or I'm going to throw at you the next time you're up or I'm going to throw at your teammate or if you hit one of our guys, even if it wasn't intentional, especially if he was the best hitter on our team, we have to throw at one of your guys the next time they come up. If I mean, if you know you were being thrown at intentionally, by all means, retaliate. But most beanball wars start over the stupidest crap. And Tony LaRussa, going back to my hate of the Cardinals, was the worst about it. If you hit Albert Pujols, even if it made no sense to hit Albert Pujols in terms of the game situation, there's clearly no intent, there's clearly no malice, it's just a pitch that got away and hit Albert Pujols. But Tony LaRussa said, you hit our best guy, we gotta hit your you, best guy, and you're on. You do realize that Tony is the was the primary culprit in the fact that Baines got in the hall, right? I understand that. Yeah. Okay, so you should be anti-Baines. Yeah, because that was Tony. That, that was like three people, but that was Tony's big platform. Harold Baines Hall of Fame. So you should hate the fact that Baines is going to the Hall of Fame. If that if that adds to hating Tony Larusa, then I'll I'll jump on that bandwagon. But <laughs> the whole you. thing of disrespecting the game, don't flip your bat, don't celebrate, don't. T- it's all nonsense. Just have fun, enjoy the game, and entertain me. It is funny. Uh, I I agree, I agree with pretty much everything you just. I'm on team bat flip. I love watching love these bat flip. Korean baseball organization <laughs> highlight clips of these guys just throwing the bat up 20 feet in the air for fly balls that are caught in front of the warning track. That Astadio celebration in the Venezuelan league is one of the greatest things I've ever seen on a baseball field. That was amazing. Oh yeah, that's yes. Right. And the the punishments aren't equal. The, the, sort of the the tit for tat. I hit a home run and I pimp it like Astadio did. Right. I use my bat as a telescope to watch the ball go <laughs> over the fence in left field. Okay. I want to see that. So I mock you as a pitcher. Right. And the retaliation isn't, all right, but if I get you next time, I'm moonwalking off the mound and dancing, right? No, the retaliation is, I'm going to throw a rock at your head 95 <laughs> miles an hour. What? And it's no, the next I'm guy. having fun here, and you exactly. just took it to a weird level. Exactly. Yeah. It's like you're in a pillow fight, and somebody just starts throwing punches. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. But, but the bench clearing brawl in baseball is the weirdest thing, and I don't get it. Why do they allow it still? It's stupid. If I charge the mound, it's me against well, they don't, the pitcher. They don't allow it. It just happens. No, everybody else can't participate or they're all suspended. Yeah, you can't come out of the dugout. You can't run in from shortstop. And you sure as hell can't come in from the bullpen. This is very simple. The bullpen thing is hilarious. Those They just like, it is. take their time hitter, jogging out. Hitter charges pitcher. You're both in big trouble. Umpire breaks that up. Nobody else allowed to be involved. There. We've solved it. I don't know. I kind of want more fighting in baseball. Baseball needs something to spice it up. Baseball fights are so boring. I'm a guy, and like whenever a fight breaks out, there's that little kid in the playground who like a fight breaks out, and you circle around and go fight, fight, fight. You know what? That's that's in all of us. But the logical adult in me goes, "What are we doing? What what even is boring too? What is what is going on here? If if I could assure you that in a bench clearing brawl in baseball, everyone would fight." I'd be all for it. Punches thrown. People get hurt. That's great. What I don't want is a bunch of people coming in from like the bullpen and they're huffing and puffing and about to drop dead just from the exercise. <laughs> yeah, the, they're just holding on to each other so they don't fall. Yes. <laughs> That's what's going on in most, they get in most to, baseball brawls. They get to the edge of the dirt in the infield and they look around. Everything's cleared out. All right, are we good here? Okay, we'll just, I need to need to ride back to the outfield. Uh, Pete Rose Hall of Fame debate is on your list, Rami, of your least favorite things. Yeah, I mean... 
the dude made his bed. Now he's lying in it. Don't tell me it's not fair. There's a sign outside of every clubhouse in Major League Baseball that says bet on the game and you may be banned for life. So guess what? He's banned for life. And he hasn't. It's not like he was apologetic. It's not like he went to any measures to rehabilitate himself. He's still he's still a regular in Vegas and casino. He's still gambling on sports. He doesn't seem very apologetic about it at all. But people just go, well, he was a great hitter. So put him in. He can go in when he's dead. He's it's a lifetime ban, so put him in after he's dead. Then then the lifetime ban has. You know he'd probably be fine with that as, and, as long as his his name lived on forever. I think and he'd Pete be fine Rose was my favorite player growing up. My favorite player as a kid. I loved Pete Rose, but he he did the crime. Now he's doing the time, and don't tell me it's not fair. So I would I would say on this one, get me worked up. I, I would put him in because I put everyone in. I don't care if you did PEDs while betting on baseball. Like you're... <laughs> You're in the Hall of Fame for me, but if you're him, if he would have, if he would have come clean in the early '90s, and yeah, I screwed up, I screwed up, and then spent the next 20 years telling everyone how much he screwed up and how sorry he was, I think he'd be in by now. He'd at least be on the ballot, and the writers could make you their own so? decision. Yeah, because well, look at all the other examples of players, and and we'll find out some of these PED guys, but players who apologize for PEDs right away. And the way that we just forgot about that, Jason Giambi, I apologize for, well, he didn't admit PEDs, but he said, I apologize for my transgressions. Mm -hmm. And Jason Giambi played in the big leagues for another six or seven years, and nobody really red flagged him anymore. Oh, he apologized. To me, there's an enormous difference between steroids and PEDs and gambling on your game. Why? I don't think you can, because gambling on the sport is the biggest crime that could be committed against that sport. Well, I would because say you don't throwing, know a, throwing a game would be but the you don't. Crime. But you don't know. You don't know. Once you found out a guy gambled, you don't know. You're taking his word that he committed an illegal act and always bet on his team. But if he got so in the hole, and in Pete's case, could basically manipulate a game for the Reds, did he start to throw games? You don't know. So, so to me, it's one thing to try to improve your body which is a problem, don't get me wrong, but it's a different to basically be found out that you gambled on the sport, and then my question becomes, okay, I'm assuming that, that you gambled for your team, but if you all of a sudden fell well into debt, did you take the yeah. next step, which is, I'll throw this game. Uh, let's keep going on this list here. We've already gone through the I'm steroids, PEDs thing. The the other things that uh, annoy you in sports talk world. This is what really grinds my gears, yeah. LeBron and MJ debate. Let's not do that. <laughs> we, can we just Except not? for the fact that Michael Jordan is clearly the best player Real of all quick, time. Hold on, just on three, on three. Uh-huh. Let's just oh, all, all on three. Okay. If you had to only pick one, right. just on three. This okay. is the only time we'll ever do this. Okay. The only time. Okay. Yeah. So it'll go one, two, three, and then on the fourth beat, you say who you would take. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. One, two, three. LeBron. <laughs> 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 I got so tired of the MJ LeBron debate at my previous stop in Milwaukee that I declared, I resolved that I will not have that debate again until LeBron retires, and then I'll tell you why MJ was better. It's the most sports talky sports talk thing of all time. What about NFL rules, discipline, and Roger Goodell in general I on your list? I can't stand the dude. Like, everything is a fight with Roger Goodell. Like, ev- everything is a fight. And even the most common sense things, he just drops the ball. There And 
Don't tell me about the growth of the NFL and how it's boomed as a business since Roger Goodell has started running it. Anybody with a basic understanding of business and law could have been could have sat in that chair and made the money for the NFL that Roger Goodell has made for but, the NFL. He runs it so poorly. It's it's ridiculous. I don't know how I don't know how and how much was the last contract that he just got? He got forty five. His his personal salary. Yeah, like think, forty five million dollars. Oh, I thought year. he took a pay cut last time. How he was like forty two, and I thought thought he took a pay cut. But how he survived the entire Ray Rice thing, I'll never know. That's the epitome and, of it. And the other thing about it that people don't know is he doesn't have a legal background. Tagliabue did. Goodell is a former. His first job intern PR. He's a PR guy. And so, so I've always wondered why do they don't they just replace him? And Tagliabue was more effective. He was boring, but he understood exactly how far he could go. Rogers lost track of that long ago. So he's done stuff that's out of his scope and parameters. It's very weird. But the Ray Rice thing, I thought for sure at that time that was going to catch him and that they were going to just make a change. This is like a greatest hits of bad sports talkers segment. <laughs> This is what this is turned into. The Jordan, the Jordan LeBron thing is my favorite. What, Absolutely my What favorite. about this on your list, Rami? Uh-huh. Anyone who says the Beatles aren't the greatest band yeah, ever. That's another debate. Can we get we, Spencer Tollickson on the phone? Who's Music's so subjective. You can't say that. No, I'm going to say it. The Beatles are the best band ever. And there is no debate to be had, Jonathan. All right? Can we play some? I'm sorry. No, did, I'm not playing any. Did Journey's plane crash? Did I miss, <laughs> did I miss something? I can, I'm okay saying someone else is better. And that should be fine. Right. Did John Bon Jovi get hit by a bus? <laughs> I'm with Rami, so I'm going to recuse myself. He can. <laughs> You're not serious about Journey and Bon Jovi, are you? Being better than the Beatles? Oh, dead serious. <sighs> what about parades? Do you, you see par- what I've par- had to put up with parades parades the last four years, Rami? <laughs> parades. Do you see what I've had to put up with? <laughs> Let's finish the list. Parades are on your I list. I hate parades. I, I cannot stand, stand parades. parades. I hate no. parades. What's wrong with you three? What do you mean? Parades you get the worst. Tootsie Rolls Parades and fireworks, right? For, I hate Tootsie Rolls, too. That's another problem. Oh, fireworks are on the list. Yeah. Fireworks, fireworks are, are awful. on the list, too. They're just so... It's the most mindless entertainment in the history of entertainment. There is no story. There is no characters. There is no jokes. There's, there's nothing you have to follow. You just stand there like an idiot with your jaw open and people going past you slowly on colorful floats waving at you have you ever had to be somewhere and run into a parade has this ever happened to you where you needed to be somewhere yeah, I'm delighted and every run time into it a happens. parade? I was working. I'm just driving down the street and run, run into a random parade. Ah, oh, damn, there's the parade. I was working the Brewers post-game show down in Milwaukee, but I don't know, probably about seven, eight years ago, and I had a system. I, so I'd work the afternoon show. I'd go home. I lived about a half hour away. I'd go home. I'd eat dinner. Brewers game would start. After the third inning, I'd get in my car run back to the station, and I had it down. This system was down pat every game I'd be there. At some point in the seventh inning, enough time to cut highlights, get my box score ready, get ready for the show. I'm going back to work, and I, I think it was, like the, it was like the 3rd of July or something, right? I'm going back to work in a rural part of Wisconsin, and here comes this parade. <laughs> I'm, at, e or something. I'm at a stop sign. Yes, I'm at a stop sign. Floats in the whole thing. In the middle of nowhere, and here comes a parade. You know what it is at that point? It's just a colorful traffic jam. That's all that a parade is <laughs> at that point when you need to be at work and it's go and it's rolling along in front of you. So you're saying you'd agree to this this bet that if you lose the uh crap I'm blank. The, the mediocre down. the mediocre team thing? Oh, no, that's the other no, show. Write that down. Okay. You have to drive the score north 
SUV through a parade. Oh, you have to drive yes, through a parade. We can make this happen. Like violently through the parade. No, 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 no. no, no. You're, <laughs> well, I mean, if you want to. No, you are part of the parade in the score north. Are we, involving our, are we involving ourselves in parades now? Is there something? I don't know. We got the vehicle, don't Can we? Can we please not? I'm with Rami. And, and on fireworks, completely with you. They're so stupid. Fireworks are, are one of the Can't most unnecessary dangers of all time. Every 4th of July, three or four people blow hands off for what? You know what we call that? Natural selection. Yep. <laughs> Poor Jason Pierre-Paul. Blew his hand off. For what? It's fault you're not careful. I wish I... I definitely disagree on the parades. I'm always... You want to throw some candy at me? You want to put a trombone player out with a marching band? I'm all in for this. crappy candy. I've marched into many of them to care about them anymore. The only reason I go is because the kid, but I'm done with parades. Well, the the fireworks thing is we're all in agreement in that I always like to measure these things based on upside versus downside. The downside of fireworks is you die. Or blow See, I'm them not, off, I'm not right? even talking about people lighting off fireworks in their backyard or whatever. Like I get, I I don't do it, but I get what that is. It's an adrenaline rush. It's so I threw this thing and it didn't blow my fingers off. I'm talking about going to a fireworks show. I'm talking about when you all yeah. gather in one place and you look at bright explosions in the sky that are supposed to be somehow honoring or memorializing our veterans who have fallen in war. You know who absolutely don't want to see or hear explosions. People who just came back from war. Like, that's, that's the stupidest way to honor these people. It doesn't make any sense. And the last thing on your list uh-huh. of things that grind your gears. I'm glad we made it through these 13 uh-huh. items here <laughs> without you completely going off the rails. But dogs off their leashes. I will call the park ranger if I see you with your dog off leash. I made this proclamation in Milwaukee, and I'm going to tell you right now. If I see you walking your dog without a leash, I'm calling the proper authorities and letting them know. And the reason that I call the authorities is because every person who walks their dog off leash, if you say something to them, they're the most confrontational bleep holes that you ever meet in your day-to-day life. So there's no talking to them. It's not like you can rationalize and be like, hey, man, here's why you should have your dog on a leash. So I've just skipped past the part of trying to politely and... and what do you call 911? I, well, I'd like to report a dog off the leash. I, I call the park ranger is what I did when I would walk my dog in the in the local park in my neighborhood back in Milwaukee. I don't know who to call here. It so drives like, me nuts. If but. you could tweet me, at Rami is tweeting and tell me who is the yes. proper 911, just call so it. So let's make a point to hit on one of those as often as humans. <laughs> Possible. I'm with them on like the last Beatles four overrated. though. What was that, Jonathan? Huh? Nothing. I didn't say anything. <laughs> That's fine. Adam's been on hold for like the whole afternoon. We were talking about celebrity encounters earlier because Kathy Ireland followed Rami on Twitter earlier today. So Adam in Minneapolis, go ahead, man. She hasn't followed Jen. First of all, love the new format, Phil. Great job. Adam, thank you for listening. Um, we were down in Vegas for a bachelor party. And uh, sitting in the bar waiting to go home. And all of a sudden, a friend of mine looks over and says, Jamie, how's the olive farm? I'm like, what? Adam, are, are you? A- I look over and it's. What's that? Are you still there? We had weird loud, loud, <laughs> are, are loud okay? noises. Sorry. Sorry. Right. Oh, we got to put Adam on hold. <laughs> That's not even a bit. We have to put Adam on hold. Adam. <laughs> Adam I know okay? Adam was on hold for like 40 minutes and his phone's not working. That's screeching my ears. Are not no, I think his fire alarm started going off. <laughs> Evacuate the building. He's Adam. cooking. He's cooking. Too much smoke. Adam, call back tomorrow. Sorry you had to wait on hold for 40 minutes. If you call back tomorrow, make note that it's you and we will not make you wait for more than five minutes. You can tell your, tell your story. We want to hear your story.
We got to wrap with Royce when we come back here. And uh, oh, we'll ask him about parade, see how he feels about these things and fireworks. But I know how he probably feels about TCL TVs. They're awesome. TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand for a reason because they provide the best picture quality and the most connected entertainment options. So if you're uh, thinking about cutting the cord, for instance, TCL is probably the TV that you should have your eye on with over 4,000 streaming channels and 450,000 movies and TV episodes and uh, brighter, more accurate colors with greater contrast. That's what people are saying in the uh, review world about TCL TVs. If you just Google TCL TV reviews, you're going to find publications like CNET, PC Magazine, USA Today's Review.com saying things like, TCL has arrived. TCL produces images with more detail, brightness, and color than most TVs that cost hundreds more. So go online, read the reviews for yourself. TCL and TCLUSA.com or any major local retailer here in the Twin Cities. Thank you, sir. Uh, gentlemen, I got a complaint for you. The uh, The Twins announced today that they are introducing a new alternate home jersey. Okay, yeah. that's fine. I saw it. They tweeted it. It's absolutely fine. But here's my complaint. We are not doing away with the Friday Reds, which look like an American Legion team sponsored by Dairy Queen look. We are uh, doing away with the throwback, cream-colored throwback alternates that they've worn since 2010, which I liked a lot. How did the Reds survive here and not the throwbacks? The throwbacks, pinstripes? Looked really good. Hmm. I don't like this. I don't. I don't like keeping that that red look. They introduced it at uh, Twins Fest about four years back, and I recall talking to Trevor Plouffe off the air before he joined Patrick and I on the Saturday show, and we both agreed <laughs> it looks like an amateur look. I don't like the fact that those are going to stick around. I don't get super fired up about uniforms. Really? It has to be like the White Sox wearing softball shorts to get me to say, "All right, I'm going to blow a whistle on those uniforms." So you, I don't know. You're not going to get a whole lot out of me on this one. I, I do like the. Uh, we'll try him one more. We'll try Pat one more time. He's, I think, he, maybe try him in like two minutes. He's wandering around aimlessly on Captiva Island for all we know. Right He's now. at Pots <laughs> taking pictures. He was, of he was like attractive yeah, he servers. Was, he was. He was at. He took a picture of two blonde bartenders at Pots Bar and some dive bar in Fort Myers earlier today. <laughs> Did they know? He, like they were sent it out on Twitter. Yeah, they're posing oh, okay. for him. All right, this all old right. man creeping around, but. <laughs> Are you talking about those sort of cream-colored pinstripe ones? Yeah. And those are out now. Yeah, those are gonna be. Out. I really did like those. I did like those. I like those too, but I like. I, I also like the red ones. My question is why? Why do you have to retire one jersey because you brought in another one? Like, Can you only have a limited? Are you only supposed to have three or something? That might be the case. Or if you That's want to wear guess. ten different jerseys, could you? They probably cap it. My okay. my guess is that they that there is a cap. You think there's a rule? Yes. I mean, if I if that's I, my guess. If I had to pick one of the two, I like them both. If I had to pick one of the two, I'd I'd, I'd pick the cream colored pinstriped ones. But I like the red ones. And did you guys see when they unveiled the red ones today on their Twitter account? It was it was a a three D rendering that you could like spin and turn and get a full view of the yes. jersey. I didn't engage in the three D spin did, yeah. turn view that, rendering. That was cooler than the actual jersey itself. I could play with that thing all day. I actually <laughs> if you if you if you click <laughs> seriously, it's Rami, he's twelve. This is how much I played with it. Yes, this that is how segment I, of audio is, this is how cut ma- by itself. This is how immature I am. Um if you click on like on the bottom of the jersey and scroll up 
the jersey flips upside down, and you can see inside of it. You can see the inside of the jersey. Are you serious? You did that much work with it? Totally pointless. But I just okay. Thought, I, I was... recuse myself. I was just talking about looking at it in three D. So can you can you see through? So you can see up through the bottom, like through yeah. the neck hole. Yeah, you can see through the neck hole, or you can look up through the bottom of the okay. jersey and see the inside. But that that's the I one. Kid you not? But that's the, the one that they unveiled today. I'm talking about the Friday Reds that they've worn for a couple of years. Oh, okay. That All look right. like a softball type of jersey. Those yeah. are the ones I don't like. Can I say These I sort of like the ones that they wore. Back in the World Series days, late '80s, early '90s, those all gray pinstripe road uniforms. Yeah. Oh yeah, those look good. I really like those, and I think it's been enough time now. Which is here's another question: How much time is enough time before you bring back an old uniform as either a retro uniform? You know, like they took when the Timberwolves went away from the tree line. I don't think it's been enough time for that. I think I think the old old Wolves logo. But they've brought back that tree line jersey now like, a couple times. I think those are really solid too. Those I just nice don't feel jerseys. like it was that long ago they were wearing those. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like enough time has passed. That always makes me feel old. Like when yeah. you see a throwback jersey and it's a jersey you distinctly remember watching the <laughs> team <laughs> wear for a long time. Yeah. What about the nineteen seventies road baby blues? Those are the best the uniforms they've had in their entire history. I would bring those back. Patrick hates them. I would bring them back tomorrow if I could. Here's what I'm talking about. And again, I'm fascinated by this. You guys probably won't be, but that is the view of the bottom of the new Twins jersey. Why do we need to see that? I have like, no why, idea. Why are they allowing us to see that? Because it's a 3D rendering. So you can w- look at it from How literally. How much time do, do you have on your hands? Has been, that's my question. Do they do the 3D rendering for the players on the roster too? Just like, oh, you can just, here's what Nelson Cruz looks like upside down. Miguel Sano, before and after. Look at the body mass. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. I have too much time on my hands, and I'm a child. I'm a man-child. Uh, you <laughs> said that last week, and now I'm beginning to take you seriously. Easily, easily amused and entertained. <laughs> it doesn't take much. Give me a 3D rendering I can spin around for a few hours. It's like a fidget spinner. That's all I need. It's really all I need, clearly. <laughs> man. Uh, what did you guys on Touch Em All today, what was the what was the hot topic for people either to go back and listen to and for Judd and I to dissect here in the final few minutes of our show. This is going to be shocking, but payroll. I wanted Derek Wetmore's thoughts on on the payroll and whether or not the Twins were doing their, their fans a disservice for all the support that they show out at Target Field for the tax dollars that they pay to uh, keep that team here and to keep Target Field, well, to get it built and keep it looking beautiful. Because um, I, I heard your thoughts on it. I wanted to hear what Derek said about it. And since we had that debate, I've seen some of the chatter on social media yeah, and the, ar- getting, yeah. the arguments for and against spending more money, for the Twins spending more money. And i got to say... I I did not know until I I started getting into this with a few people. The Twins have no commitment to payroll beyond twenty beyond the twenty twenty season. Literally, they, they no have, money. They have committed. no multi year contracts beyond twenty twenty. Yeah, they've they've done a diligent job of let's get rid of bad multi year contracts. So to wipe the slate clean. A question that was brought up to me that I thought was valid and and sort of plays the devil's advocate to to what you've been saying and what I've been saying about the Twins being a little bit more active in free agency. If that's the case, if they have no money invested beyond the 2020 season, what is the harm in signing whether it's a reliever or a starting pitcher to a one or two year deal reasonably priced that won't handcuff them? or strap them in any way in the years to come. No, I don't think there is a lot of harm. This is I, I hate riding the fence. It feels like I'm riding the fence on this talker. I 100% understand where they're coming from, which is 
get the nucleus right first and then add layers that can help take that to the next level. And so right or wrong, they view it as, well, if we start to get frisky with multi-year contracts, uh, 30-year-old relievers on multi-year contracts, before we know what this whole thing looks like, before they know what Trevor May is going to be in the 2019 season, you know, coming off of uh, missing a year and a half with surgery. I understand what they're saying, but to your question, not, if they sign Craig Kimbrell tomorrow to a really bad five-year contract for like $110 million, that would be a terrible contract. Well, five years, yeah, I'm, but I'm saying a one- or a two-year deal. Yeah, I, no. Well, they've signed a bunch of one-year deals for like Nelson Cruz, uh, Jonathan Scope. That's the other thing too. People people are acting like they've done they nothing. They haven't done anything, right? No, they got a starting second baseman who had MVP votes two years ago, who's in his prime, who hits 25, 30 home runs. They got one of the best power hitting DHs in all of baseball the last five years in Nelson Cruz. And they brought in a guy to play first base, take over for Joe Maurer. You wanted more power at first base? Maurer doesn't have. They signed a guy to play first base that hit 30 home runs last year in CJ Crone. Kimbrell, And too. people act like they've done nothing this offseason. Kimbrell won't do it. There's no way. There's if you go to him tomorrow, if you go to him today and say one year, one year, really good contract, he's gonna say his his people will say we want four to five years. Because those guys this is the problem. The agents still control things. And the agents for most of these guys want multi year deals. And so I can see saying I ain't doing five. I'll do a couple, I'll do one for sure, but I'm not doing five. And that's the problem. But the frustrating thing that we keep coming back to is this, folks. If Sano and Buxton pan out, everything changes. And if they don't, it changes again. So until they know what direction this thing is going to go, it doesn't really make sense to dive all in. Because if they're not going to pan out, guess what? you got to hit a reset of some sort in time until the next batch of guys yeah. start to come, come up. So they're, try, they're trying to guess right here, basically. And then I got into my uh, free agent wish list for the Twins a little bit. Of, uh, like, remaining guys out there? Yeah. And honestly, as, as pitchers go, it's not, it's not a bad crop of pitchers that are still out there on the market. I know we're running out of time, so I'll just get to the number one guy on my wish list, Dallas Keuchel. I mean, that's a guy who you bring in here. He's your one or two immediately. And he wants what? You bump everybody down. I mean, you look at the guys. I had it up a second ago. You look at the guys around him and, and who have signed already in terms of when you rank these guys. Sure. And the money that's been spent really hasn't been that crazy. Patrick Corbin, he signed a six-year deal. He's, he was the top pitcher on the market. Jay Happ just signed a two-year deal with the Yankees. If you can get Dallas Keuchel two, three years... At a reasonable price, see, I, I don't see the drawback. I that. think that's, but this is we should do, let's let's bookmark this for tomorrow. Okay, there's some space to be explored here on Dallas Keuchel specifically. All right, so he's 31 years old, probably wants a four or five year contract, right? Yeah, a team like the Twins probably more interested in like a two year contract with a third year option for Dallas Keuchel. And and what happens is people get mad at the Twins and whoever your team is that hasn't signed Keuchel. Well, why don't you sign him? Well, do you want him for till he's thirty six? Well, the longer the longer this free agent market drags on, the better chance you have of Dallas Keuchel being willing to 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 agree to a two or a three. If he deal. said if he said three years, I'm instantly in. Yeah, let's more do, than three. There's more meat on this mold. They also signed a bunch of dudes in February and March last year too. So Mackie and Judd with Rami, find us on demand at scorenorth.com. See you guys tomorrow.